1: Tender mercy,
0: the through life has been my guide. And it is divine, his comfort. If my faith in him
1: to drown, for I know. Reminds me of a joke, you know it, what do you call a boomerang that doesn't return to you? A stick you call it a stick it's just a stick John extra credit right back there it's just a stick and so what do you call a person who calls himself a Christian but they don't really believe in Jesus you call him a stick no I'm just kidding (laughs) I mean you certainly can't call him a Christian unbelief will keep you out of heaven unbelief sends many people to hell and unbelief causes a lot of damage in our lives. You know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And believe has an element of faith. The Bible tells us without faith it's impossible to please God. Pascal, you probably learned about him in, in high school, college, whatever, you know, the mathematician, the physicist, Blaise Pascal. He was an amazing guy. And, uh, but he was famous for a lot, of, a lot of things, but he was a follower of Jesus. He loved the Lord. But one of his quotes I thought was very powerful, and I want to read it to you. He says, faith is a sounder guide than reason, because reason can only go so far, but faith has no limits. And I would say this, the only limits faith has is what we put on them. Our king, all creation obeys him because he created all all things. Every spiritual force obeys him because he created every spiritual force. He has the power of life and death. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And know this, Jesus told us that if we have the faith of a mustard seed, we could move a mountain. What a people would look like who really walked in faith. If you ever really ponder that and think about that, it's powerful to think about. Now I believe Jesus, he let the disciples go with him to his hometown to see this rejection because it was kind of the last lesson he wanted to give them before he sends them out on their missionary journey, their first little mission that he sends them out on. He raises them up, he gives them all these examples, shows his power and authority, shows he's Lord of the universe, and then he tells them, look, some people are going to reject you, and that's okay. Move on. Look at verse 7. And he called the twelve to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. Verse 8, he commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. Also he said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you, when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in, that day, in the day of judgment than for that city. Verse 12, So they went out and preached that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. You know, this is just awesome. We read right there, though, in this first, in verse 7, it says that he sent them out two by two. And that send them out is a Greek verb phrase, and it means basically these were units sent out as one. So these two men that he would put together were sent out as a team. They were sent out as a way to accompany each other, to help each other, to keep each other accountable, to be support for each other. And I want us to understand this in ministry. We have to understand this. Ministry and church is a team sport. Do you know that? It's a family effort. Ministry is not done on an island. You are not ministry in and of yourself. Now, we all are to have a ministry. We're all to walk with the Lord. That's a given. But ministry is not about selfishness. Ministry is not about self. Ministry is about others. You know, there are many in the ministry who make it about themselves, you know, and they they have notches in their belt. You know, well, we had 500 today in my church. You know, And I think, well, if it's your church, get out. But we can't make it that way. Ministry is a family effort. It's a team effort. We need each other. We need that support. When hard times come, when good times come, we need the support, we need the fellowship, we need the encouragement. It's just a truth. And so when we do ministry, understand this too, this is such an encouragement. When you and I do ministry for the Lord, including other people, and we do it the right way, the Lord gives us everything we need. He opens doors that we can't open. He shuts doors we can't shut. But he gives us everything we need. You know, Pastor Chuck is famous for saying this. He always said, where God guides, God provides, you know. You know, he would always say, where God guides, God provides. And it's so true. You know, in ministry, when you just step out in faith, when you know it's the Lord, he just opens doors. He just makes things happen. And I think that's what Jesus is teaching back in our passage in Mark chapter 6, verse 8 he tells the disciples he says he commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff no bag no bread no copper in their money belts but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics also he said to them in whatever place you enter a house stay there till you depart from that place and so that's essentially what Jesus is saying where God guides God provides step out in faith but I I also see here where it says only take one tunic and you might think what is that even talking about understand in that day To wear two tunics was more of like an upper-class it was you know clothing said something much more even than today today you know you see these multi-billionaires and they're wearing sweats and a t-shirt you know it doesn't necessarily tell you they're rich although that might tell you they're rich because they're on TV doing that but um, but two tunics was kind of a symbol of uh, having money or or being well off in a sense and we know these guys weren't that Jesus is just telling them meet people where they're at you're going out to preach to the lowly to the poor Meet them where they're at. Don't cause an offense. And I think that's a good lesson for you and I. We need to meet people where they're at. And can I get controversial for a minute? Is that okay? I'll wait. I'll wait for your answer. I mean, I'd do it anyway, you know. But, um, but here's the thing. When we come to people, come and meet them where they're at. But always do it with humility and love. That's what Jesus did. Meet them where they're at. You know, one of the, uh, the greatest things we can remember is that when we're reaching out to people, remember that Jesus loves them. Remember that he died for them. When you reach out to people, remember how much they mean to Jesus. And I just want you to know something. Do you know that Jesus loves the drug addict? Do you know he loves the alcoholic? You know, those are the easy ones, right? Those are the easy ones. We can all say, yeah, he loves the drug addict. He loves the alcoholic. But how about this? Jesus loves those of other religions. And this one will probably get me tarred and feathered in Idaho, but do you know, (laughs) Jesus loves people of a different political party than you. (laughs) I didn't hear any amens on that one. But it's true, guys. He died for them too. He loves them. How about this one? Jesus loves the homosexual. He loves them. He died for them he loves the outcast he loves the rebel he loves all those who are wayward and lost and he died for every single one of them and if your heart doesn't hurt for them here's the thing how can you ever witness to people you hate there's no room in Christianity for hate except towards evil and the devil and sin you can't witness to people you hate Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying we join them in their sin. I'm not saying we accept it. But here's what I know about Jesus. He will meet people right where they are, but he will never leave them there. When someone comes to Christ, when someone is made new, they will put on the new man, and the old man will be cast away. That's how you know true conversion has happened. That's how you know true salvation is there, is that a person will change God loves all of us, and He loves every single person, and He will meet them exactly where they're at, but He will not leave them there. And I don't care what other people teach. I don't care if they say, yeah, you can live this way and be in that lifestyle and still be a Christian. I'm telling you, if you're truly a Christian, truly born again, He loves you so much that He will change you from the inside out. You will put on the new man, the new woman. You will be changed. You will go from death to life. That lost person will go from darkness to light from old man or woman to new man or woman and there will be change but know this too that all the results of the gospel of everything we preach every single result is up to our king look at verse 11 and whoever will not receive you nor hear you when you depart from there shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them assuredly I say to you it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city and this is why Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have the message of Jesus. You know, we know hell has different levels of punishment. We know that from other passages as well, and even from this. Sodom and Gomorrah, they didn't have the testimony of Jesus, but now people who do and they reject it, this is what it says. Surely I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city, that city that rejects Jesus, that county, that state, That nation. But understand, we can only do so much. We deliver the message. That's all we're called to do. We're called to preach the gospel. And it's the Holy Spirit that does the conversion. It's the Holy Spirit that brings the increase. And so don't be offended. Just preach the gospel. When they reject you, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus. And that should break your heart. shouldn't make you offended. It should just break your heart. Keep praying for them. And just understand, you know, that any who reject salvation and that free gift, they're going to end up in judgment. So continue to pray for them and have compassion on them. Don't get offended and don't get your feelings hurt. Just keep praying and preaching because it's their choice. Because we know God's heart. What is God's heart? 2 Peter 3.9 tells us, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. We know God's heart is that all would be saved.
0: This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit golgothafellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.
1: Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m., and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you, and remember to hold fast.